on this week's episode of The Student Is Always Right. Do you want to do like like a sci-fi mystery? We demand they pay their crimes. We got humans. And then we can do like species A through F. We're going to focus on the cultural contrast. No one takes him seriously and he's not good at it. I love that. <laughs> That's great. Hey everybody, welcome to The Student Is Always Right, the show where the process is the product. I'm David Stotner, joining me is Alex Moore, and every week we bring you an original story idea from scratch, conceived by the brilliant minds here at Loyola Marymount University. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. For those of you who haven't joined us before, this show takes a specific creative writing element as the basis for a story. The catch is, the story is completely extemporaneous, and we only have two 20 or 30 minute segments to tell it. But we are alone. (laughs) This week, we are alone. It's just us two. This episode's a little bit different from our previous ones because it's sort of our sort of our wrap-up episode for the semester so we are going to just talk about what the process has looked like so far for the creation of this podcast and just reflect on some of the things that we've learned and of course we're going to be telling a story but if this is your first episode i'd recommend going to maybe episode three or episode two you want to get a taste of the show and then you can come back and and hear what we have to say about what we've learned the best place to start would be asking the simple question like what has this project looked like and how has it developed as as time has gone on for both of us because i know that you and i have had different experiences with it because we're operating on different aspects of the project so what's that been like for you i think it's it's definitely brought a lot of growth for me because I didn't realize like the more difficult aspects of doing a podcast like this. Like obviously it's a lot of fun, but there's so much more to it, you know. And so what do you mean by that? The hardest part about this podcast is not actually recording the podcast. I think that's sort of the more fun, easier part. Absolutely. The harder part is everything surrounding that. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> yeah no i i remember you were you were quite frustrated about booking in particular booking guests can be rather difficult because it's we don't pay people to be on here so it's relying on people to spend their own like hour and a half to come in and record this with us and sometimes that's a bit difficult to try to match three people's schedules together right and i mean especially like this time of year too this time of the semester like the incentive for for people mm-hmm. taking Finals. yeah taking time off of their precious like study time and like self care time during finals, you gotta really give them a good incentive for for appearing on the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and honestly, we don't really provide that. It's kind of just like talk about <laughs> stories. <laughs> we're, so. we're providing the joy of the experience of of telling a story. <laughs> which you know yeah. it's not for everyone it's the joy of hanging out with us exactly which we need i think everyone needs a little bit of a little bit of social time with, with others during this mm-hmm. pandemic i think you're totally right about just the stuff surrounding the recording being the most difficult like i'm sure the the editing for you is a very 
strenuous process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that also was fun. Like, don't get me wrong. I really enjoy the the whole, um, you know, recording music, sort of scoring what would be a story like in in another in another universe, um, and putting in the sound effects and all those sort of extra extra pieces. But yeah, it is really time consuming. I've never undertaken a project like where I've realized how much time it really is taking. Because I think with other projects, like creative projects of mine in the past, like writing something or maybe doing some goofy YouTube video or something, like I'm never keeping track of the amount of time I'm spending on that because that's kind of just like a spontaneous desire. But I've become a lot more conscientious of like how much effort it really takes to sustain something like this because yeah like with the whole weekly routine it's big commitment <laughs> i think it's been fun though so it's not a bad time at all it's oh, just yeah. a very enlightening experience mm-hmm. like it's I love this podcast we yeah. love all of our listeners <laughs> love all our listeners and all of our guests for now that's enough chat about non-story stuff (laughs) after all this podcast is still about storytelling and the creative process so i think it's time yes we get into our topic for this week this week we're going to be taking a second look at world building because we really love like our first episode but we didn't really know exactly how we were what we were doing was kind of more rough and i think looking at this again at the end of our first like little section here with our first reflective episode is going to be a very like interesting comparison i think mm-hmm. to our first one i think so too think? no we definitely have like i mean right three three more <laughs> stories under the belt and i think that um it'll be interesting to see like like i mean i don't know if you felt this way but i think that our role in the past couple episodes has definitely more been like guiding our guests um, instead of being like the the prime yeah. storytellers, so I'm really curious to see how mm-hmm. us playing that role will have an effect on you know when we're mm-hmm. sort of in the front seat again. Me too. No more backseat driving. Yeah, it should be interesting. <laughs> so yeah, I guess we should just deliberate. I think obviously to avoid being redundant, I think we should not do a fantasy world. I agree. No more fantasy. It's time to no go to the real, the real world, or the future, or something. Right. I don't know. Just no more, no more, no more cracking uh, port cities. <laughs> yeah, no more port cities. We're done being by the ocean. <laughs> we we had a port city. We had Los Angeles. We had the Caribbean, mm-hmm. and then we had probably somewhere on the East Coast. We gotta be somewhere dry. Yeah. <laughs> We gotta be somewhere really, really dry. <laughs> I mean, space is space is dry. <laughs> space is dry. That's true. I don't think that would be the first adjective that people would use to describe space. <laughs> do you want to do like like a sci-fi mystery? Sure. That's actually, yeah, that's very different from what we've done before. Yeah. I think, I think it'll work. I guess the reason that that emerged for me is i was just thinking like we obviously don't have to do this but the this the point of inspiration was like 
you read a mystery book, right? Like, it's typically from the perspective of, like, the person who's solving the crimes, right? At least most Mm -hmm. in the genre. Like, authors are always kind of, like, tooting their own horn because their protagonists are always, like, perfect at deducing everything. Like, every conclusion that they make is, like, 100% right all the time, right? Because otherwise the, the... Mm-hmm. the author would feel like they're wasting words by making their person deliberate on something that's incorrect, you know? That's true. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to take this route, but it would be interesting to see, like... <laughs> I mean, now I'm just, now that I'm just saying that out loud, like, can you imagine reading a mystery book <laughs> where, like, 50% of the deductions are, like, incorrect? <laughs> that's really funny, though. <laughs> Honestly... Our protagonist was, like kind of smart but like really bad at drawing conclusions (laughs) so there's just a bunch of like information that yeah they just completely misinterpret that yeah like he notices like the things you're supposed to notice but he but he has no clue how they really really (laughs) fit in together when he when he sort of formulates what a lead is or they i guess when they formulate what the lead is yeah. Like, it, the lead is wrong. Like, it doesn't take them to where they need to be. But maybe that's what makes their adventure so interesting, is they keep finding themselves, like, in actually, like, literally the wrong place. But then, I don't know, maybe something else, <laughs> something else comes of that. <laughs> they, like, they just keep, they just keep just missing the mark. But somehow they keep being propelled forward in the story. But they just cannot, they just can't grasp it. Uh <sighs> Yeah, this is great. Okay, I I think that this is a good this is a good start. So it's like a it's like a sci-fi mystery. So it's probably gonna be somewhere sometime far in the future. Like, are we thinking it's like another a, planet? Maybe. Yeah, maybe another planet. I mean, mysteries usually occur in like cities, right? Mm-hmm. But like, what what if it was like? I was like, it could occur in like like a, maybe if we look at like a frontier mm-hmm. sort of situation. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Because then it's more like kind of self-contained. It's like. But I guess mm-hmm. we're doing world building, so we'd really have to like flesh out what this frontier is like, you know. That could be fun if it's like an alien planet. We could do all sorts yeah. of actually. That sounds interesting. Great. Things with like the environment yeah. and cultures. Oh, so maybe it's like total alien planet, but maybe like the our protagonist is is new to the place, and everyone who's living there is new to it. So it's kind of like a the population's pretty small. So like when a crime happens, that's mm-hmm. what makes it so big you know oh yeah yeah so it's like this like frontier maybe it's like a newly discovered planet Mm -hmm. and they're like the very first batch of people like from diverse like alien like species oh that's dope i love that they're diverse rosters so much (laughs) none of them are like each other at all Mm -hmm. so there's gonna be a lot of misunderstanding between them but there's only like a limited number okay so i think it's very contained i think this is a really good starting point what do you say we we start up the timer and uh and hit the yeah. road we're gonna get started with this exciting new story of ours in three two one let's not have a yeah i was gonna say like i time. we do really love doing the silences huh <laughs> <laughs> we're beyond that mm-hmm. you know true fans will will probably miss it but i think i think you and i are, are ready to to move on <laughs> to the next mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so world building probably since we've established that we're gonna have these 
diverse alien species, we should talk about each of the species and like where they're from, and perhaps what our main protagonist is going to mm-hmm. be. Do you have any alien ideas? I mean, as a huge fan of Star Wars, it's hard not to sort of picture like the classic like you know basically humanoid but some sort of like they've got some sort of thing on their head or their skin colors like green that makes them just like mm-hmm. slightly not human like that's where my that's where my brain went to and i think that the reason that my brain also goes to that is because it's like really hard to relate to like an insect person it's true <laughs> or, like somebody with like that's six, more of a challenge legs. yeah so i mean i'm not saying that i'm like well, I definitely don't think I'm a good enough writer to make an insect person relatable. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I'm not that good either. <laughs> so I think maybe our main protagonist could be, like, definitely an alien, not a human. Maybe he's a hybrid. Maybe he's half human, mm. half some sort of alien. I like that. Yeah. Identity crisis. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Oh, so then, I mean, obviously we'll get to this, but maybe there will be a point where he'll have to choose. <laughs> between the human and the alien species that he is yeah, I like part that. of or they sorry it's <laughs> <sighs> we can we can name and gender our character okay now if you want yeah because that might be more probably helpful for for well, well <laughs> did you have anything in mind i mean they're a detective <laughs> maybe not the best detective. detective but detective names are usually pretty slick <laughs> slick there we go <laughs> But then their last name is like something very spacey. What's well, like a spacey name? Like I haven't thought. Typhorus. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. That's a good one. Slick Typhorus. What a what there a. There we go. Wonderful... Slick Typhorus. Okay, and they're half human. So it's a guy. Yeah, I guess so. Well, like, we'll... Slick Typhorus. What is the alien? <laughs> what is the alien part of of Slick? Um. I mean, everyone's technically alien. On this Ooh, planet. yeah. Maybe the alien is some sort of... I don't know. I need to think of, like, a good design. Maybe we should pick, like, an animal, and then from there, like, mm. pick certain traits okay. and give it to the alien. What's your favorite animal? Well, first off, a bee. So I don't think we're going <laughs> to... I don't think we're going to go with that. <laughs> um, what if... If you're going to have a bunch of species and humans, like, you know, each species kind of has its, like, quality that it's known for. But they're all intelligent species, so now <laughs> humans can't be like, oh, ho, ho, we're the only intelligent yeah. species. I think maybe humans should be, like, the most selfish species in the universe, because we definitely seem to be have we have a, a big track record of being selfish and maybe really bigoted. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to think of something that would maybe be, like, the opposite of that. This is difficult. This is hard. Th- no wonder, like, people, like, like, George Lucas used, like, Ralph McQuarrie's artwork before he did any work himself. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, it is really hard. It's really intimidating. All right, let's just talk about, let's just say we got species, we got humans, and then we can do, like, species A through F or something, and those mm-hmm. just kind of give them their qualities. We don't know how, what they have to look like yet. So species A is sort of like the antecedent, is antecedent the right word? Well, the opposite antithesis? of humans. Antithesis? Antithesis. There we go. I don't know what antecedent is. I think it's like a music term. Oh. Okay, anyway. Well, they're the antithesis 
Of the human race. To humans, so they're very generous. Mm -hmm. They're very communal. Mm -hmm. Altruistic. Very, very open. This is making me depressed about humans. <laughs> but maybe, like, one of their drawbacks is that they're, like, super... Gosh. <laughs> like, what would be a flaw? <laughs> what would be a flaw of that? Of being altruistic and communal? Maybe too slightly, too... <laughs> slightly xenophobic? Maybe they, like... Yeah, maybe they are, because they, like, don't trust other species because... They're like, well, they they can't empathize as well as we can. Right. I think that's an interesting kind of contrast, right? Is it's like you're known for being the kindest species, but you don't trust other species because you don't think they're as kind as you. Mm -hmm. So they'll like help others, but they're not going to like, so they're kind of like racist where they don't think that there, there can be like hybrids and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. They think it's sort of diluting their, their goodness. Mm. That's a really interesting yeah, concept. Yeah, that actually really is. So that makes our character Slick even more of a sort of interesting character study because the fact that he is both human and species A, like maybe he's, I don't know, mm -hmm. not regarded by either culture as something particularly wanted. Yeah. Okay. This is a very good analogy for culture. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to have something profound in there. I think that's good for species A. I think so too, yeah. Or do you want to go more? Or no, I do you mean, want to go into B? Really, the only place that you could we could go any further would be like what their home planet is like. But I don't think that that's important. Maybe it's just really similar to Earth. Because, yeah. I mean, we're not going to like go to their right. planets or anything. Mm -hmm. Okay, so species B. Probably, like, maybe they got like octopus heads or something. I think that's pretty good. I think they should be krakens. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. What if they have to like live in like like an ocean fishbowl that they can like move around <laughs> yes oh. i love that like a tank it's a tank with like yeah. eight spider legs and they kind of like oh yeah kind of crawl around so it's like very intimidating they're like creepy and intimidating but maybe they're like actually like really passive like scared mm -hmm. creatures i think that that's like, that makes like sense like very guarded. Like when you first like see them, you're like, "Oh my god, this is like Cthulhu meets Shelob from Lord of the Rings," and then it's just like a scared little, little guy. like very docile. Yeah, mm -hmm. like they're intelligent, but they're just like kind of mm -hmm. they're afraid mm -hmm. all the time. I think that's pretty funny. Yeah, um, which is like. Also, if they were to, for example, commit a crime, it would be fairly obvious if they were the perpetrator because they're in this giant eight-legged tank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's species B. Mm -hmm. Species C. They should be the decoy. So they're, like, very aggressive and, like, known for crimes. Uh -huh. Maybe they're kind of sneaky. Mm -hmm. Maybe What's, like, a sneaky animal? Like a snake. They're like snake. They're little snake-like. Mm -hmm. Maybe they can like like change, morph their body really easily, so they can like think they can like do crime. They can like slip in. Mm-hmm. They're like, what if they're just like really small? What if they're like a couple inches tall? <gasps> oh wait, no, that's better. And yeah. they have like a little snake head. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe and maybe because like they're not big enough. For, for like vocal cords they just have a little like a little medallion on their chest that kind of like glows in time with while they're speaking <laughs> 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 
so they're like, re- like they're like really smart but they're also very sneaky and aggressive very hard to notice very small <laughs> very cute <laughs> okay that's great i love that um species d mm-hmm. i think we need like someone something loud obnoxious <laughs> i don't know why but i literally used to imagine like a tuba like the head of a tuba is like in place of where the head is. <laughs> you should do that. You think so? They're tube of aliens. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they're like, they're known for like culture and art. Uh, oh, yeah. They make brass noises. Like they're all very good singers. This is so fun. I love this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is great. Um, yeah, so they're like a very cultured alien race. It's like they, they're they big on music and art, and they're kind of like at this peaceful part of their society where like that's really – there's not much war. It's just a lot of like celebration of, of that. But they're also very snobby mm-hmm. and arrogant. Yeah, that's that's really good. Their appearance alone gives that off. <laughs> Just a tuba? A tuba head? Yeah. Yeah. And th- maybe that the reason that they're on this planet, which I guess we probably should have gone over for the other races, but we'll get there. The reason that they're <laughs> on the planet is to sort of like find inspiration or like maybe collect something that would be of benefit to like the art back home. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good reason. Okay, are we gonna do another species or I think we should we should we should do one more just to have a a big enough roster. One more. Yeah. Anything in mind? Hmm. Well, so far do you feel like we've come up with a decoy, but do do you feel like any of the species we've mentioned so far would be capable of being like they would be like the good choice for the the criminal in this story? That's true. Maybe we should make one that's Hmm, which one should be the criminal, like, in reality? We have a human, just a normal human, and we have a pure species mm-hmm. A, and then we have Slick, who is half human, half species A. Then we have species B, mm-hmm. which is the octopus. Species C, which is the snake. Species D, which is the t- tuba person. <laughs> so I don't think any of those are mm-hmm. amazing candidates, except for maybe the human. Maybe we have enough. <laughs> <laughs> How much time do we have in this segment? Oh, five minutes. Okay, so five minutes. Okay, so we could spend that five minutes either coming up with a new species or sort of getting started on this planet. I think we should get started on the planet. I agree. Should we? We should give the planet a name. Perhaps I say perhaps. But Go into I... one of those Star Wars name <laughs> generators, and it'll give you a bunch of consonants without vowels. Cut the and um, we can name it after something from Loyola Marymount University. Ooh. I think we should we should bring that. Who? No, like a place. We could, we could just call it Sacred Heart. We could call Malone. Malone Five. Malone Five. Okay, I actually. That's like eerily similar to Maroon Four. What? I mean Maroon Five. <laughs> Maroon Four. <laughs> so maybe it's Malone Four then. 
Malone for it, yeah. Yeah, and maybe it's like a moon of a larger gas giant or something. That always looks nice. That always is cool. You got a giant planet as the backdrop in the sky. Pretty So much better than just cool. our sky. Our <laughs> sky would look so much cooler. <laughs> yeah, like... no, for real. I, I know, sometimes I'm like, okay, the moon is great, and it's it's wonderful that it's just close enough to make a perfect solar eclipse happen. Mm-hmm. But we would really benefit was bigger. from having like Saturn taking up half of the yeah. horizon. <laughs> Maybe in a different universe yeah. or a moon. Oh, that'd be just so cool. Okay, let's get. What should <laughs> the planet itself be like? What kind of environment? I think I think it should be very barren. So either like really snowy or really sandy. I think we should go sandy. Uh-oh. Because we have fish creatures, and I don't think that would be good for oh, definitely a not. snowy planet. <laughs> yeah. So it's sort of like the Wild West, like a frontier town. Yeah, a little bit. Is that yeah, what you're I, thinking? I think that that would be probably good. Or maybe like, uh, maybe not quite desert, but maybe just like Great Plains esque. So like just sweeping terrain of like very little change in elevation, but it's just like kind of like brush and grass. <laughs> In every direction, mm, yeah. as far as you can see. I like that. So it's more like a prairie, kind of? Yeah, just a giant, yeah, just giant prairie. Maybe, like, very distant mountains, but really not that much, mm, like, yeah. topo- topographical change. So we're kind of, like, in, like, eastern Colorado? Yeah, I think that that's probably a, a fairly decent comparison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many how many suns? I got to I got to say six suns. Six suns. Can we go that high? Can we go that high? Yeah, oh, you know what would be really cool. Do you know what an accretion disk is? No, I don't. Can you explain? I I hope I can correctly, but I'm pretty sure it's just when like there's a sun next to a black hole and it's kind of like <laughs> this black hole is kind of siphoning <laughs> energy off of the sun. Oh. <laughs> I think I might look... our skyline shots are gonna be insane. I know that's what I'm thinking. It would be really quite scenic and breathtaking, especially because like the terrain of the planet's so flat. Mm-hmm. It's such a contrast. Well, before before we sort of close up this first segment, I just wanted to say like it's hard for me to to, yeah. to yield like this as a physics major, but like you know even if it's not <laughs> exactly a hundred percent realistic, I still think it would be cool. <laughs> to have that in the sky maybe like far away because i don't know i don't know how close a planet could be to like a sun in a black hole (laughs) without like crashing into it but we'll just say that it's far enough away that you can see it but it's not gonna cause any harm (laughs) i'm gonna be kicked out of the physics department yeah that should be good Okay, so should we just do our normal midpoint reflection? I guess so. Is there anything you feel is missing from the story? I think we're kind of killing it with the world building right now. Because we don't even have the story yet. We're just building the world. I agree. I think we're doing, for one of our first times ever, focusing entirely on (laughs) 
on this, on this subject. <laughs> I don't, do we have a David Wait, in this story? We need to include me <laughs> in this. That's what's missing. I think you're missing. Who should I be? <laughs> do you, Do you want to be species B? I'll be species B. Okay. <laughs> I think we're we're doing pretty well so far. I'm proud of us. This is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're doing our best work. Oh, but actually, I think this is a good opportunity for us to reflect a little bit on how, like, the development of the podcast because the reflection questions have gone have undergone quite a lot of many changes of changes yeah i think it took us until what the third episode to realize that it just wasn't working the way that we had it yeah a lot of our questions were kind of a bit much for the guests to handle i think maybe we rather i cuz i i wrote the questions originally i think i thought that they were more clear than they actually were. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. They weren't actually really that clear. Because I was trying to make it be, you know, get everything out of the guest's insight as possible. But it really just kind of ended mm-hmm. up making it harder for the guest to answer and for them to say what needed to be said. Because it was just confusing. Yeah, because they kind of just answer on their own just to like the first like we would have like three <laughs> yeah. questions and yeah answer everything in the first one <laughs> exactly yeah that i think for me that was kind of a, a a little lesson in humility i think being like you know what hmm. these questions just because you think that they're clear doesn't mean everyone else is gonna 100 percent think that that's true and maybe you should sacrifice a couple for the sake of the guests because the guests are the most important part of the podcast and mm-hmm. like just because all these you know impossible questions aren't being answered doesn't mean that the that the substance of what they're responding to is is any worse yeah i think you did a good job of reframing them mm-hmm. no i mean i appreciate that you were so ready to call out how <laughs> how they needed to be changed <laughs> that was that was needed yeah cuz it was just we would be sitting here, and then the guests would be like, "I don't know how to, yeah, how to answer this part." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we would be like it's okay. <laughs> it's probably something teachers have to go through. Mm. Oh, that's so true. Wow, like imagine being like a first-time teacher, and then your test questions are just indecipherable. Ooh, yeah, because there's just that element of like human interpretation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you don't have the experience, it's probably kind of crazy to to see like how they'll react we're gonna dive right back into this mystery in three two one mm-hmm. so what is the crime do you want it to be more serious or more petty like a murder is that too much? Should our story be a little bit lighter? I think maybe these different aliens, they're on the planet together, but they're not habiting together. So they have their own mm. little settlements, maybe, you know, with their own like unique mm-hmm. architecture or whatever. And maybe the crime is oh. like the the snobby artist race gets their stuff burned down or something. Like something along those lines, maybe. 
or somebody gets mm, their property yeah. destroyed. So it's more of like a the the crime is more like culturally offensive than than harmful. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. Oh my god, I'm getting really scared by my cat being on my computer right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can I lock you out of the room for twenty minutes, buddy? It's too scary. Otherwise, hold on. I'll be right back. We'll be posting pictures of the cat on the Instagram. Follow us. Instagram handle is always right LMU, as in the name of our podcasts. So right is spelled with a W. Just to clarify that, follow us for new postings, announcements of the podcast, and then occasionally some other fun stuff. Give us a follow. You can also follow us on Facebook. <laughs> Similar. <laughs> I came back. You hear to hear that? Your, I, I heard. I came back to hear. Follow us on Facebook. So I can only imagine that you were plugging us. Yeah. Is the Facebook also always right, Elmu? Uh, yes. So Instagram, Facebook, follow us on both. That'd be great. And then send us emails and tell us how big of a fan you are. <laughs> please, so someone, please email us. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be on the podcast. We'd love to hear from our audience because no one has emailed us so far. And you know, as soon as we get one email in our inbox, we are going to be all over that <laughs> and you are going to be in the next episode. <laughs> so let that be known. You'll be famous. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, let's get back to the story. Sorry. I, I fed my cat just to mm -hmm. um, make him feel like he wasn't being completely kicked out of the room. What, what were we we were talking about what the crime was and that it would be like a culturally offensive thing is that what do you think of that or did you have something else mm -hmm. in mind i think that's a good idea because we're going to focus on the cultural contrast so that fits in well right okay so do you think that it should be like species to yeah. people okay and that would make sense too because it's kind of like okay like no one really likes them no one really thinks they're cool but maybe slick is like He's just altruistic enough mm -hmm. to want to like help them. Yeah, exactly. So we can have them be like super outraged, and they're like, "Oh, this is an injustice. We demand, we demand they pay their crimes." And Slick's just sort of like, "All right, all right." There's not really any sense of of law or government. He's just kind of just slick. Yeah, he's just slick. He's, he's like a self-appointed sheriff. Yeah, basically, and you know, not everyone will agree with that. Maybe at first. No one agrees with that, I think. Okay. Maybe not a single person <laughs> gives them any sort of authority. I think... Not even, like, the alien, like, not even race D. They're just like, you can help us if you want, but... <laughs> yeah. So it's like trying to, like, play, play like, an Old West role, but, mm -hmm. like, no one takes him seriously, yeah. and he's not good at it. Yeah, <laughs> that's so great. Oh, poor guy. Because <laughs> then his motivations would be so, like... Who is he trying to prove himself to? <laughs> Clearly nobody approves of him. He's an outcast to, to both of his both of his people. Doesn't he just try to like prove it to himself? Mm. Sort of sort of like set himself apart from everyone else. So he's like, I don't have to belong to either race. I can be my own sort of sheriff. I'm my own guy. Mm -hmm. And I can I can make everyone's lives better. <laughs> Okay, so what's like what's like the first clue? We gotta have a clue. Of course. Maybe we start off with 
something that points to one of the other two like unique alien races we created. The, like the, either the B or C. I think to the snake people probably because they're snake supposed people. to like be really suspicious at first, right? Yeah, maybe there's like some goo or like some bite marks. <laughs> yeah, are associated like, with them. Or like holes that are big enough for them to go through. Yeah, that maybe they he finds holes that are big enough to go through, and he finds like maybe like some snake shed skin. Mm. So mm-hmm. he's like, oh, obviously they snuck in. Right. So he goes after them. Mm-hmm. But maybe he's misreading those clues. So right. Or, how do you think we should well, set, I think, set that up? Right. What we said at the start is like, he fi- he concludes the wrong thing every time. <laughs> so maybe he is like, okay, this is like, they're, they're the, clearly the suspects. Right? He goes and confronts them. And they're just like, okay, we were there. We were definitely, we broke into their settlement or their spacecraft or whatever. But it wasn't because we were trying to burn their stuff. It's because we were trying to get food. Mm. We're like, maybe they're like not able to produce the stuff that's the most like substantial for them the most nutrient rich for them Mm -hmm. in the environment like they're kind of because they're tiny yeah they're they're ill-suited to to maybe they're like they're farm broke yeah exactly so that's why they're like agricultural system and so now slick's like oh i guess i was wrong about that but Mm -hmm. then what clue does Mm -hmm. go do next next one should lead to the squid tank mm-hmm. people well i was thinking maybe the next clue could be like from the snake people is they're like it's mm. just de- like they're really smart right they invented a way so they could communicate yeah. <laughs> so maybe they're like <laughs> our farming techniques have always worked like somebody must be doing something to the soil oh. you know so it's like mm. oh no like it's not just the the tuba people that are being targeted like everyone Mm -hmm. so what's wrong with the soil maybe it's like a poison that's the same type of fluid that the squids (laughs) yeah their tanks (laughs) yeah that sounds like that sounds about right to me yeah so he goes he goes to confront the people in tanks the squid people in tanks Mm -hmm. and what what happens maybe they reveal to him that their tanks are leaking and they they didn't like notice and know why so some of it got into the soil Mm. they're like we don't know how Mm-hmm. that happened someone sabotaged our tanks mm. and then he's like well gosh like that just leaves <laughs> humans and species a this is where we can start to really take a look at like what species a and like the humans are doing on the planet because mm. like mm-hmm. there's still right the a- the aspect of, of world building that we're trying to include here like what would the human settlement look like maybe the human settlement is like <laughs> like a very intentional parody of an old west town <laughs> like they're trying to honor yeah <laughs> like this is our traditional settlements on our home world yeah. so we're trying to emulate that yeah so it's like the the our great uss john wayne or something that they they flew in on or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some dumb thing like that and like you know because they're humans they're like Oh yeah, we're just gonna trash the environment that we land in. And <laughs> they just they just kind of destroy most of the the pasture that they 
that they're on as they're as they're building it. Like there's clearly oh, yeah. clearly no respect. Their side, of, their little settlement <laughs> is just like a disaster. There's just trash everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just very like polluted and wow, this is too real. Um, <laughs> yeah, polluted. Stop and... describing Los Angeles. Oh my God, no! Oh, Los Angeles is a beautiful city. <laughs> and then like maybe in contrast alien A's settlement's very pristine environmentally conscious mm-hmm. like it's like sort of very like modern perfect, like, it's like science-based yeah mm-hmm. modern architecture everything's very minimalist things seem to be running very smoothly and it's like as maybe as he as he walks into this the alien a settlement he just gets a bunch of like really bad looks right and then oh, yeah. maybe he gets pulled aside. He's like, shelling like, the windows. Yeah, <laughs> or something like that. And they're just like, you're the one who keeps calling themselves sheriff, right? And he's like, yeah, that must be your human side coming out. Like, I don't know, something, some sort of like microaggression. Mm-hmm. Um, like sheriff, that's very, that's very anti-communal. That's very, mm-hmm. it's very aggressive. He's like, like, yeah. like what behavior? <laughs> we don't have that sort of lifestyle mm-hmm. you don't have those positions it's like why do you care so much about what's happening to all these other species it's not your problem mm-hmm. you should be you should stay here you should be ma- maintaining the harmony in here i don't know something like that when he goes to the human settlement he should be sort of greeted by equal distrust but mm-hmm. it's more racist right like, <laughs> because of his they're like oh you're you're one of those communists aliens they're all about love and peace <laughs> some stupid <laughs> some stupid cheesy sci-fi dialogue we gotta have terrible sci-fi dialogue <laughs> i'm the new sheriff oh well oh so you're you the our species <laughs> actually is scenes with actually zero character <laughs> development or interaction beyond the exposition <laughs> Characters just awkwardly standing around in costumes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that really is like part of of exposition in like stories with unfamiliar worlds needs to be done in like a show don't tell type of way, or if it is in a tell type mm. of way, you still need to be showing something. You know, like they need to be walking yeah. through like a crazy alien environment. If you're going to be talking about, yeah, I was. That's what I was going to say. It's good that we like established the character of the two settlements because I think that'll do a lot mm-hmm. for the exposition of the species. Yeah, on their own. Because mm-hmm. they're like I don't know, walking through the alien A city, and there's just like you know all these like really sleek like plumbing systems that have been set up. Like how long have these species been mm-hmm. on this planet? Like twenty years? Like how long? Maybe last, maybe like ten years. Ten years. Okay. Because I was thinking, like, how did Slick find himself on this planet? Like, did he just travel there? Or was he, like, born on the planet? Maybe he's related to one of the people on one of the... Maybe Mm -hmm. either on Species A or one of the humans. Mm -hmm. So maybe, like, he came with the humans. He came on the USS John Wayne or whatever. So he's, like... But he still faces, like, a lot of discrimination there. And, like, maybe his, his mom or dad or whatever side is is human mm-hmm. like really cares about him that kind of makes sense because like maybe the humans are like low-key more accepting of like his hybrid 
status because he's still like part human while mm-hmm. like species a just like totally rejects him mm-hmm. humans are more accepting which is like a contrast to their like wild behavior mm-hmm. and, like how we humans are like perceived as like this really gross species but like they're more willing to adapt to new changes mm. so stuff like a hybrid species while like species a is still even though they're like really good natured and empathetic they like are still stuck on that whole purity thing mm, mm-hmm. because they believe that's just like a prerequisite for like all the goodness is that there must be like some sort of purity first. Mm, yeah, there's and therein lies sense. the issue of that of that species A, alien A. Yeah, so like Purist. he there's like a lot more tension when he's in the species A settlement because it's just very like mm-hmm. he's clearly not regarded well. It's like kind of like a waste of their species or something yeah so it's like this pristine beautiful mm-hmm. settlement but like you can feel like very like the danger and like the heightened risk because mm-hmm. he's just getting like all these looks and like mm-hmm. sort of like it's like a beautiful place but like you can feel that they're yeah staring daggers mm-hmm. yeah and that could be like maybe in that case the the criminal is from species a and it's like because mm. all of the people in that settlement have so little respect for Slick, none of them give him mm-hmm. any leads or anything. They just give him nothing but like red herrings to try to like steer him away. Oh yeah, whereas, that's really good. Whereas the humans are like trying to be helpful, trying to give what they can, and like there's some some remark that Species A makes. It's like, well, like your human side is sure used to benefiting mm-hmm. from benef- benefiting from the detriment of others so why don't you go look at them or something because right all of the all of the other species are sort of being deprived of the opportunity to really thrive in their environments <laughs> respectively so it's like oh clearly it's the humans that are doing that when it really is like yeah part of their their sleekness part of the fact that they've been able to set up their settlement so efficiently is like they've have been slowly but surely screwing over other species and maybe like they were briefly working with the trumpet mm-hmm. people because they're like good architects or something oh yeah but then maybe once the 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 trumpet or the tuba people really caught wind of the fact that what they were doing was despicable they're like well you know what we're gonna burn your stuff down and they were too afraid to, to talk mm-hmm. about their involvement with species a because then they were afraid that it would expose mm. that they were also screwing over the other races on the planet that makes sense Mm-hmm. yeah and i don't think we should make the humans totally good they should definitely do something in the story that's really kind of yeah well the timer did just run out so what i'll say is oh wow what i'll say is they are humans so it's probably going to be pretty easy to come up with something crappy that they would do yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, Alex, what are you proudest of this story? Just the fact that we were able to take all of the qualities of the species that we introduced at the start to, like, make the solution to the mystery be cohesive. This episode, compared to the last time we did world building, like, I really do feel like the fact that we devoted so much of our focus to actually, like, building the world at the start made Mm -hmm. it a lot easier to tell the story than than last time because i think yeah we were just so scatterbrained last time but like literally like the whole yeah we didn't really know how to focus mm-hmm. 
the whole solution to the mystery this time literally like came in the in the last two minutes of that last segment it just kind of was so natural and it came from our like it came from what we built so that was pretty satisfying is what were what were you proudest of i really liked how our character like our alien designs reflected the alien's personalities Mm. that was pretty cute yeah that was cute i yeah i'm proud of that too so yeah as a replacement to the part of the the final reflection that's about the way we approach work mm-hmm. in our major, I think maybe just be like, has there been any, has, has this podcast, do you feel in any way, like the, the process of everything made you think about your major any differently or like, has, has your work this semester like felt different because you feel like you understand more? I think it's helped a little bit. I think it's helped my like be able to, come up with ideas a little bit better like I, like in a way it does help me like take other points of view but I think the real benefit from this podcast for me was being able to like come up with all these this whole story idea in this short amount of time like the first episode we were like more struggling by now we can just sort of like shoot out ideas mm-hmm. and then that's really like a helpful thing to have especially for like academia right and like, like just schoolwork in general is being able to come up with stuff really quickly and have it be like pretty coherent i feel like my writer's block really doesn't exist that much anymore i think for me it's a couple of episodes i don't know i've probably had some brief revelation (laughs) sprinkled in there but just like yeah being being more like open to letting the answer to a problem come naturally instead of trying Mm. to like force it a big part of it is like willing to be spontaneous and not knowing the answer right away. Like just giving yourself the time to <laughs> build up everything else um, and kind of let that fall into place. I don't know. Might be pushing it a little bit. Yeah. No, I, de- I see what you mean. It's sort of like you get the answer through doing the work. Mm-hmm. Like at the beginning of this podcast, we were trying to think of alien species and we were really struggling. But then once we like, started nailing down more specifics later on it just came so easily mm-hmm. and we didn't even like have to struggle and think like oh what should this one be it was sort of like oh this one's cracking people and this one is snake eyes <laughs> and then this one's <laughs> tubas <laughs> no mm-hmm. i i mean yet again this is just this is another story that i'm quite fascinated by and i would love to see it turn into something more you're gonna publish it in four years yeah, be on the lookout. That would be great. For the wait, what's the title? What's it called? Oh gosh. Um <laughs> Slick Space Detective. There we go. Slick Space Detective. Coming 2024. Well, before we before we wrap up, I think maybe the the key takeaway is like we started this project to be like, let's just sit down and no pressure on ourselves, try to make a story, have some fun with it. And I think while a couple other parts of this podcast have fallen flat or they're still being improved, I think at the end of the day, we've at least succeeded there in like making this environment where it's like you can just yeah. have a good time and tell a story. That's our, our biggest success is just creating the space for this podcast to exist and be fun and be a good, productive thing we can do. All right. Special thanks to LMU IURP for funding this podcast and for helping us stay on a consistent schedule. If you are interested in opportunities for research and creative projects offered by LMU's undergraduate research program, 
visit academics.lmu.edu slash O-R-C-A. Also, special thanks to our mentors, Dr. Amy Ross-Kilroy and Joshua Colmack-Butler. And finally, if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, or if you'd like to add any details to today's story for the chance to get a shout out on the next episode, we'd love to hear from you. Just email us at alwayswrite at gmail.com or alwayswritelmu at gmail.com. Get it right, please. Send us an email. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. <laughs>